Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Welcome back to Yahoo Sports College podcast. I am Pat Forty. And I am joined by Pete Thamel, and this is our weekly Race for the Case episode in which Pete and I educate the betters of America on who to pick against the spread in six games this weekend. Now, Pete and I are doing a little head-to-head competition in this, and I would like to tell you how it turned out the first week, but much like Urban Meyer, I have memory issues, and so I I really cannot recall (laughs) What happened? Uh, there's been some rumor out there that Pete did better than I did, but I'm not really sure about that. Pete, can, do you, can you enlighten me at all here? Pat, I think you're actually the only person in college football who had a worse opening weekend than Willie Taggart. Uh, <laughs> by my count, and again, I, uh, my, my Syracuse degree didn't offer a lot of math classes. Uh, I believe, Pat, you somehow managed to get five of six wrong. Mm. Your lock of the week was Wyoming, which proceeded <laughs> to get pounded by Washington State at home by three touchdowns. Um, you did uh, you did salvage yourself by uh, by picking LSU, and I yeah, picked yeah. Miami. So you, there you go. You and Coach O are uh, are rolling strong together off your one in five week, and uh, I can already smell. The sweet aroma of the sanctity light you'll be uh, you'll be sending me via Drizzly uh, as I as I build up to a uh, as I build up to a case lead on you. Uh, yeah, it's all coming back to me now, unfortunately. <laughs> and uh, yes, you you had a much better week than I did. You had Northwestern correctly over Purdue. Uh, you had Notre Dame correctly over Michigan, and you had the under on Michigan Notre Dame, which was really a gift that one there. So congratulations, Pete Thamel is up two on me. Uh, the race for the case, we are racing to 24 correct picks in uh, margin over the other. So this is basically like horseshoes. This is like uh, cornhole where Pete is now plus two I, uh, going into this week, and I will uh, I will rally furiously. We'll get to the picks in a second, but Pete Thamel, I have one question for you, a cultural question. This arose on the SEC teleconference on Wednesday. A question to Jeremy Pruitt from, I would say, a decidedly Southern media member asking him, Coach, when you think about running through the tee at Nayland Stadium on Saturday for the first time, do you get a little chicken skin? And Jeremy Pruitt was flustered by the term chicken skin. Pete Thamel, resident of Boston, do you know what chicken skin is? 
I would have been flustered as well. I did just have chicken for lunch, which had skin on it. I had a rotisserie chicken. Um, so no, I would have. I would need some Southern translation in order to uh, in order to determine the proper definition of chicken skin. Since you do live south of the Mason Dixon line, Pat, can you enlighten me? I do, and I can. Um, yes, and I, I, I knew the definition. Jeremy Pruitt did not, which would just absolutely mortify the question asker. There was a kind of an awkward <laughs> dance after this because Jeremy Pruitt said, what? And the guy said, come on, coach, chicken skin. And we said there, what? And then finally we got around to it. Yes, chicken skin is goosebumps. Uh, so that's what he was referring to. And I have chicken skin just being in the same podcast with you, Pete Thamel. The, the excitement, the, the honor of, of matching wits with you here is, is terrific. So let's get to the picks. Uh, not a great week of games, but some interesting ones. And I think some very intriguing home underdogs, Pete, for people to look at here. And let's start with one of those in College Station. Clemson, perennial power that it has become, going to play Texas A&M. In, uh, in College Station, uh, Jimbo Fisher, long history there of playing Dabo Sweeney. I think they're four and four against each other. Some very good matchups and really kind of freakishly close to the spread, the outcomes the last three years. Uh, Clemson is laying 12 and a half at Kyle Field. Pete Thamel, what's your take? Well, I will be uh, lucky enough, Pat, to be in attendance at, uh, at Kyle Field. And I thought you brought up a great point in the 40-yard dash earlier this week. You said that uh, Dabo Sweeney's quarterback rotation will be closely followed as, uh, you know, Kelly Bryant played well, but Kelly Bryant kind of is who he is at this point, the Clemson starting quarterback. And then there's the most popular man on campus, the backup quarterback, Trevor Lawrence, who is a more gifted passer, although he is uh, a true freshman who enrolled early. Um, all that said, I am going to take Clemson more because I just think they have an overwhelming talent advantage over AM. I don't think AM's offensive line is really going to be able to block them. I think AM's thin at some key spots on defense, including linebacker. And uh, I think this is kind of a, a program win where, where Clemson will overcome the environment and will their way through Texas AM. Well, uh, your logic is all sound there. Uh, they obviously they, they know how to go on the road and win big games. I don't think they'll be you know, overawed by any stretch or unsettled by 100,000 people there. Although it is unsettling to be in the press box when they do the uh, swaying back and forth and the press box actually moves with it. Did you uh, say people or pirates? What's that? Did you say people or pirates in attendance? People. Remember remember Mike Leach's famous rant about the pirates at Texas A&M? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you're yeah. now you're now zero for one in humor, sitting with your in humor in humor attempts received, uh, sticking in line with your picks from week one. Sorry, it's a long time ago that uh, Leach was at Texas Tech. I, I kind of blotted all that out, but point <laughs> Craig James. <laughs> um, but I'm going to go. I'm going to go Texas A&M here. I just think twelve and a half is an attractive uh, number. I think it's a it's a probably a touchdown to ten point game. I think Clemson's going to win. But I was impressed by what Jimbo was able to do with the uh, Texas A&M offense. Obviously, they didn't play anybody in the first week, but school record 758 yards of offense ran uh, ran for uh, th I think over 300 uh, and and threw it well too. Kellen Mond, I think Kellen Mond is growing up. And one thing Jimbo is, I think, is a good quarterback coach. And you get better play out of Mond 
against a, a admittedly scary defensive line, and I think they'll at least be able to stay in the game and cover the spread. Clemson wins, A&M covers. That's my take there. Okay, Pete. Uh, Columbia, South Carolina. Georgia goes in there uh, laying 10 points. Georgia, you know, coming off a great season, easy opener. You were actually in attendance to see Austin P get waxed there by Georgia. And uh, I'd be interested for your take on what you saw from the Bulldogs. Uh, and then South Carolina, a lot of people have them as one of the buzz teams this season. Uh, Will Muschamp in his third season there, kind of maybe getting the recruiting classes piled up now. Threw the ball, had their best in-game pass efficiency rating in the last five years in their opener. Uh, Pete Thamel, USC getting 10, Georgia laying 10. What do you think? Well, one person, one player I'm really excited to see in this game is uh, South Carolina defensive lineman Jovan Kinlaw. He's uh, a guy who's NFL scouts buzzing in a year of all these great defensive linemen. You know, there's there's buzz that he could end up right in the thicket of that race with the cats down the road at Clemson and the Boses and the Garys and all the guys we've been uh, we've been off season fawning over. So. There's a little, uh, if you want to impress your friends at the tailgate, uh, you can mention the Javon Kinlaw buzz that's going through. The most important takeaway from the Austin P. Georgia game was that freshman tailback James Cook will miss the first half of this game. He was called for targeting in the fourth quarter when he was a sub on a punt coverage team as a helmet-to-helmet hit on the Austin P. returner. That's obviously going to put a lot of pressure early on DeAndre Swift. They had the five-star tailback who, who they lost for the season at that position. So that's just a little, a little storyline to, uh, to, to keep an eye on. Cook looked great. He had two electric runs against P. He'll be gone for the first half. All that said, I re- and Justin Fields obviously played a good amount. I, 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 he has some diamondism to him that's uh, certainly intriguing. I, I saw nothing that – that, will, that, that made me think he's imminently going to take Fromm's job, but it was intriguing to see him. And it's also intriguing to know, well, if Georgia's offense hits, hits a little bit of a lull, could he come in as a, as a change of pace guy? He, he ran the ball better than he threw it on, uh, on Saturday. Um, all that said, I think this ends up like a 21-10 game. I'm going to take Georgia barely, uh, barely covering in this one. I, I think that just – Georgia's, uh, you know, a few paces ahead program-wise of South Carolina now. I, I do think this will be a good season in South Carolina. I just don't think they're ready for the scale of this task. All right. There you go. I'm, I, I hear that. Georgia, you're taking Georgia to cover, and I am as well. Uh, and Kinlaw is certainly no uh, mystery to Kirby Smart. Mentioned him first thing on the uh, SEC teleconference on Wednesday. Uh, they will certainly be scheming around him. I think there's going to be more points scored than you do. I just I think Georgia's defense, I think, is rebuilding a little bit, so they're going to be susceptible. I do think South Carolina's offense better than it has been is better than it has been, but I think Georgia's going to move the ball and score as well. Um, I'm going to say, you know, this is a 35-21, 38-21 kind of game, so I'm going with the Bulldogs with you as well. There, uh, Georgia's credibility just went through the roof last year. And South Carolina is still trying to earn that credibility in a game like this. Okay, uh, going out west, a uh, really good Pac-12 game, USC at Stanford. Um, both teams won without looking great, I didn't think, in the first week. Uh, USC gave up 300 rushing yards to UNLV. 
Stanford could not get Bryce Love, its Heisman Trophy candidate running back, untracked at all. He could do nothing. Uh, and they basically beat San Diego State on a series of jump ball wins by J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, their wide receiver, who's a very good player. Um, so huge game in terms of Pac-12 standings and in terms of having a Pac-12 team to push forward as the best in the conference. Pete Thamel, USC getting five in Palo Alto, Stanford Stadium. What do you think? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to return with a, with a very important question to you first, Pat. Uh, will Brooke 40 be in attendance? Brooke 40 will be in attendance. Uh, Stanford is not yet back to school, but oh. the Stanford swim team returns to campus on uh, Thursday, and then they will practice Friday. They will practice twice, I believe, on Saturday, but they will get a football game in there as well. So, yes, look for the Stanford women's swim team in attendance at that game. I, I thought the people needed to know that. Um, that said with at Brooke 40, we'll have something to root for. Cause I do think Stanford, uh, does, does manage to, to, to cobble together about a touchdown, about a touchdown win here. I don't think this will be an extremely high scoring game. So I'm going to say something in the, something in the 23, 14 range for the Cardinal to, uh, be victorious. Uh, big test, obviously for JT Daniels. I think that's who all eyes are going to be on in this game. The, uh, Early enrollee, true freshman quarterback who who won the job at USC. He certainly has some toys to play with and in a decent line. I think the uh, moment will be a pinch too big for him this early. I think Stanford has enough up front on both sides of the ball to play the Stanford football we remember, which is not jump ball football as we uh, saw on Friday night against San Diego State. I think they get love back on track and they roll here. Yep. Okay. I'm with you there. Uh, I think Stanford wins and covers. Uh, your points are all valid. Uh, big spot for JT Daniels. He and Eamon Ross St. Brown of the famous St. Brown receiving family had a very nice debut, two freshmen there. Uh, Eamon Ross had seven catches for 98 yards and a touchdown in the USC opener. But, yeah, this is a different level of defense, different caliber. And, yeah, I think, I think Bryce Love gets going in a big way. If UNLV can run for 300 against USC – Stanford's going to have its way up front as well, I believe. So, yeah, I like Stanford in that spot and uh, maybe to push itself forward as the leading candidate to be the team in the Pac-12. And that conference needs somebody to step forward as uh, as kind of the, t- the top dog, the standard bearer in what's been a pretty tough run for the Pac-12 last year and so far in the first week this year. All right, Pete, uh, an old rivalry game that has been renewed intermittently. Uh, Penn State at Pittsburgh. Love it when these two play. The hatred is real. Uh, It's a game going to be played at Pitt. Uh, Penn State was lucky, really, to get out of Happy Valley with a win against Appalachian State. Uh, Complete defensive collapse in the fourth quarter by the Nittany Lions. Gave up 28 points and 262 yards to a young Mountaineers team. Pittsburgh wasn't dazzling in beating Albany in its opener. Uh, the game is at Pitt, as I said. The emotions will be running high. Pittsburgh is getting nine points. Is that enough for you to take the Panthers, or do you think the Nittany Lions take care of business? I'm going to take the Panthers, and don't downplay that Albany win. Albany started Vincent Testaverde, son of Vinny, 50-year <laughs> senior, getting the look. Vincent looks like a strong, poised leader, and Pat Narduzzi's defense managed to shut down Vincent in the Great Danes. Uh <laughs> I I have a lot of low faith in Kenny Pickett here, the uh, the the Pitt 
sophomore quarterback. We saw him win his first career start against Miami in that huge upset last November. Uh, and played steady and solid. Outdueled Vincent Testaverde in the uh, in in the Albany game. And I I feel like at home against a defense that just was porous in that fourth quarter against Appalachian State, I feel like Pitt can can make can hold it close. I think Miles Sanders ends up uh, doing just enough to allow the Lions to win twenty to seventeen. Okay, uh, yeah, look at you dropping a little Albany depth chart knowledge on us. That's impressive. <laughs> that's, that's why we keep you, Pete. Uh, Testaverde. Now that that makes me feel old that that Vinny Testaverde has the nineteen eighty seven, I believe, or maybe eighty six Heisman winner has a son who is a college starting quarterback. Yikes! Fifth year senior. If you want to feel yeah, well, yeah, he's not even. Oh boy, yep, it's over. It's over for us. Anyway, no, uh, I, I like Pittsburgh there as well. Don't like them to win out, but uh, I think nine. You give them a tip, touchdown cushion. Uh, one thing Narduzzi has been able to do so far, he hadn't been super consistent yet at Pitt, but he's gotten his guys seemingly to play up to some big occasions against some big time opponents and and uh, throw pull out some pretty inspired efforts. So, again, the, 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 the Penn State defense that I saw gasping and wheezing around the field in the fourth quarter last week gave me concern. And really, if, it, if Trace McSorley weren't an absolute clutch stud, I think they would have lost that game. So uh, I'm going to say Pittsburgh at least keeps it close enough to cover the nine points, uh, if not win outright. All right, in our fifth game, uh, interesting travel game, interconference game here. Michigan State is at Arizona State. Kickoff time is 10.45 p.m. Eastern for the Spartans. It's going to be 100 degrees in the desert. Uh, Michigan State, another team that was pretty fortunate to win, needed a late touchdown to beat uh, Utah State in its opener. Arizona State rolled against nobody in its opener. Does Herm Edwards have the mojo, Pete, to cover uh, I guess it's six points and uh, a win outright or just a cover, or does Michigan State take this one? More importantly, Pat, does the late kick allow Michigan State to eat at the teepee before <laughs> they go to the game? That's really what I want to know. Is, is the teepee in play or not? Because that could that could spice the thing. Uh, that's a, a classic Pete Thamel uh, road joint dive that's it's an awesome Mexican food spot. Yes. Margaritas will uh, knock, you on your, knock your socks off. Uh I feel like the Michigan State-Utah State game was indicative of how Mark D'Antoni's teams kind of – D'Antonio's teams, excuse me, kind of just started have started every season. You know, they, they, they start in a lull, and then they find themselves and get together and get better, and then the next thing you know, you, you've written them off and they've won 10 games. Again and again. Uh, certainly Arizona State is intriguing. They obviously, uh, they obviously have uh, – Nikhil Harry is probably one of the – three best receivers in, in all of college football. Manny Wilkins has been around the block a little bit. Home game. I'll be curious. There's been a distinct lack of buzz at Arizona State over the Herm Edwards era, probably because folks like Pat and myself have projected it to be an unmitigated disaster. Um, I'll be curious if they have much of a, you know, much of a fan showing. That's a sophisticated market. It's a pro market. They're just not, they're just not showing up because their daddy did and their granddaddy did and all that, like you see in a lot of college towns. So I'll be curious how hostile an environment that is for, uh, for Michigan State. But I, I feel like uh, the Spartans have a track record of fixing their mistakes, pressing forward, 
and I think they win by two touchdowns here. Okay, you know what, Pete? I can't disagree with anything you said about Michigan State. It has been it was a classic opener where they flail around, you start questioning them, and then all of a sudden they uh, round into form quickly and, and have a good season. But hey, I'm going to take a flyer on my man Herm and on the Sun Devils here. Uh, the one thing that they did in their opener, from everything I've been able to gather, people who watch the game, they blocked and tackled, which are two things that were rather uh, foreign to the Todd Graham Sun Devils at times. They were very easily pushed around. A lot of people think this is a tougher ASU team. Uh, you do mention Nikhil Henry. There's, there's going to be several, like, six three, six four receivers in this game that uh, playing for good quarterbacks, and maybe it comes down to which guys can make a few plays. But I'm going to say ASU, look, they've got the – uh, the attendance is creeping back up. I did something in the 40-yard dash on attendance. Uh, ASU was 50,188 for its opener, which was about 4,000 better than uh, its opener last year, about 12,000 lower than its opener a decade ago, but that's kind of the nature of where that program has been. Uh, but I'm going to say they, they get a little atmosphere there. Body clock game doesn't go well for Michigan State. Uh, I'm going to take Arizona State to not only cover, but pull the upset outright, and we're all going to start singing Herm Edwards' praises after this. How about that? Wait a minute. Did, 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 did your brain get microwaved, too, before that? Is this, is this the Pat Forty, the cynical bastion of skepticism that I've known so well, jumping on the Herm Edwards bandwagon? Hey, we need some differences here, all right? We got three <laughs> picks in a row the same or three in a row the same. It's time, time to mix it up a little bit. So I'm taking ASU. You take MSU. This is actually how I got talked into Purdue last week because I wanted something different from you. But what the heck? I'll fly with the, with the Sun Devils. All right, our sixth pick, we have a six-pack pick every week. One, one game where you can just pick any game you want. Give us your stone-cold lead pipe lock of the week. Pete, what do you got? Well, let's hope it goes better than yours last week, Pat. Uh, my <laughs> stone-cold lead pipe lock of the week is going to be Mississippi State playing in Manhattan, Kansas, giving nine and a half. Uh, Nick Fitzgerald back from suspension for the Bulldogs. Obviously, Kansas State did not look great against the vaunted South Dakota team uh, that they barely eked by. I just feel like Kansas State is a ways away from uh, from what they were. And I think Mississippi State has been underrated this year. They have a ton of skill back. They're really stout on defense, especially up front on the, on the defensive line with Simmons and Sweat. I uh, I feel like the, uh, the Bulldogs are going to go into Manhattan and roll. Okay, Pete, I, I think Mississippi State's the better team there and probably wins that game, but nine and a half on the road – Kansas State's got a little Michigan State in them historically where they can look bad against bad teams and then play better against good teams. So I think they at least keep it close, even though they don't win. My lock of the week, I am going to go with Virginia getting six and a half at Indiana. We know for one thing, road games at Indiana are not daunting at all. There's no atmosphere there. There's no home <laughs> field advantage. They don't care. Uh, and I think this Virginia team's better. They got a quarterback who did some uh, some running, gave them a real dual threat in their opener. They pounded Richmond. Uh, and I think that they will be a tougher team to defend this season than they have been in the past couple. Bronco Mendenhall, slow builder, steady builder. I think Virginia took a step forward last year, went to a bowl game. This year they take another step forward, and part of that is winning a non-conference game against a Power 5 opponent. So – 
There's your six-pack of picks from us. I've got one more question for you, Pete Thamel. I need a beer for you this week. What do you got? You had one? Have you had a good beer? You know, in Atlanta this, uh, this weekend, as I was heading to Tallahassee for that horror show, uh, went and watched the Sunday night game with our old friend Truck and had a, uh, a Sweetwater. Uh, a go. fine local beer. I think it was Sweetwater. Is it 420? Is that? Yep. Sweetwater yep. 420. Sweetwater 420, an oldie but a goodie. Uh, really strong beer. Highly, highly recommended. I know that the the Dash has imbibed a few of those over the years at uh, SEC title games and the like. Uh, yeah, that was my uh, that was my best beer of the week. Excellent. I, I do know my way around to Sweetwater. Uh, the beer that I touted in the Dash this week is actually from Westbound and Down Brewery in Idaho Springs, Colorado. Little spot on your way in and out of the Rocky Mountains between Denver and, you know, say the Summit County area, Breckenridge, Winter Park, that sort of thing. Uh, excellent little microbrewery in a cool, quaint downtown there. Go get yourself a Saison, get yourself an IPA there, uh, and enjoy the beer. And watch what they got TVs there. You watch the football while you're having the beer. All right, that's our, uh, those are our picks. That's our beer for the week. We will be back next week with more picks. Pete Thamel will have a special podcast drop on Friday, a great interview with Georgia basketball coach Tom Crean, who is as big a football fan, as big a football junkie as anybody you will find. He is uh, related by marriage to the Harbaugh family, John, Jim, Jack, and they live and breathe football. They talk it all the time. Tom will have some great insight on the college game, probably the NFL game, and probably a little bit about the Georgia Bulldogs, both football and basketball as well. Thanks for checking in with us on Race for the Case. We'll talk to you all next week. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.